Hello, let's welcome ourselves to this podcast. I am the host, Matthew Roth, alongside with my producer, Ethan Seaman, and NBA correspondent, Louis Riobo-Alter, also along with soccer specialist, Alexander Schoenwelder. I am also doing college basketball as well, as I will go to college basketball right now. Here it is. I said college basketball, you're going to get some college basketball. So over the weekend and over the past week, there are some big games I just want to go over. Michigan versus Purdue. Michigan played probably their final game in January after someone on the women's basketball team tested positive for COVID-19, the virus variant, which is more transmissible. So I do get why they would pause for 14 days. Michigan, when they played Purdue, they came out strong. Their three-point shooting was on point. Their layups, you know, they they need to be a bit better on that, but they did show they could beat Purdue home and away. Uh, now we're going to take it over to our second biggest game over the weekend, UConn versus Creighton. I honestly think UConn isn't a great team. UConn really, they're in, they were ranked because of their record, but they haven't really played anyone that's good except Creighton. I and agree. Of course, UConn did lose by eight to Creighton. And then Ohio State and Wisconsin. Ohio State, they were a bit of an underrated team. I think Ohio State came out stronger than we've ever seen them. They won 74 to 62. Of course, this Ohio State big center, EJ Liddell, has been on fire. And then our final big game, Missouri did play Tennessee. Uh, Missouri, Missouri, if you remember, they did beat Illinois, but... Again, Missouri, they did have some losses, but then they come back and beat Tennessee, which is a big win for them. I think that's going to get them back into, you know, they're going to get back into the talk. So now, also, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I also agree. I think also this is going to be a big blow on Tennessee because earlier in the season, we weren't sure really how they were going to play. So they're one of those teams that when they win, they're going to move high up. But one loss, and they're going to be taken really far back. So we'll see. And that that's really what the SEC is going to look like. They're going to be some lingering teams. Of course, we're seeing Missouri and Tennessee. But one team losing in the SEC will move them back far in the rankings. So now, of course, talk about rankings. We're going to go to my top 10. I'm going to go start it off at number 10. Let's go with Virginia. Virginia, you know, t- you know they're, tonight they're playing good Syracuse team. Virginia, you know, they started off the season pretty good. They did get upset to San Francisco, which was a pretty big upset. Uh, Virginia, however, they bounced back to that after that loss, and they're playing pretty good basketball. They're six and zero in the ACC, so that that really helps them a lot. Now, number nine again, is again. Alabama. Sorry to cut you off. I just want to say right now the score is thirty-eight fifty-one to Virginia. 11 minutes, 12 minutes left. So yeah, they're looking like they're going to win. Yeah, looking pretty good for Virginia. Uh, Virginia, a great three-point shooting team. They still have a few leftovers from that championship team two years ago in Kihei Clark and Sam Hauser. Number nine will be Alabama. Alabama, their record shows that they are a strong team. Alabama, they've had, they've had some pretty good wins but I do think you know they're in the SEC so you keep an eye on a lot of these SEC teams even though they're not a strong conference now number eight will be Ohio State Ohio State is coming off a great win versus Wisconsin 
I just talked about that earlier. And I think Ohio State, their big men situation and their three-point shooting has been spot on. I think it moves them at eight. Number seven, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, Houston, if you remember, they were at number four earlier in the season. They lost to Tulsa, but they have bounced back after that loss. They actually beat Tulsa recently. And Houston, you know, they've bounced back. But Houston, again, you have a lot of these teams that, like, if one loss happens, they move out. And I think I'm going to talk about another one of these teams now, Iowa. Iowa, they do have a big man in Luca Garza. But they, a lot of people aren't paying attention to their three-point shooters on the wing. You have Joe Toussaint, you have Joe Wieskamp, and you also have Jordan Bohannon, three three-point shooters who have helped Iowa substantially. Now, number five, their coach did test positive earlier today, is Texas. Texas, they did lose recently, but Texas, they can bounce back. Texas, I think they're one of those teams. They're going to stay around the top five, and they're going to be pretty good. Now, number four, I think this might be a bit controversial, is Villanova. I think Villanova, a few games were postponed for them. Villanova, they came back versus Seton Hall. They're not a great team, Seton Hall. And they barely won that game. Of course, Villanova, they're starting to come back a bit. Now, number three. I wanna, is- wait, hold on. I want to cut you off before you go to number three. Because Villanova at number four, I, I know what team you're putting at number three. And I heavily disagree. I think they should be like five or six, to be honest with you. But Villanova, just because a couple games have been cut off, doesn't mean you're a bad team. It just means they were unfortunate enough. And again, the next team you have is also. It doesn't really. It doesn't really mean they're unfortunate enough. You get games canceled. Of course, COVID hits you. That's bad. But really, what happens is like they start not being good at basketball. Having almost a month of no games played will hurt you a lot. Having a month, having six games canceled will hurt you a lot. And there were some teams in that, in that, in those six games, Xavier and UConn, that they could have lost to. So I do think Villanova is the right team for number four. Now, number three, of course, we do have Michigan. This is probably the most controversial. Lou, you want to say why here? Yeah. Michigan, their loss to Minnesota, it was it was an ugly game for all Michigan fans. They they just played horribly. They couldn't sink shots. Minnesota didn't actually play in the first half. They didn't play great. It's just Michigan played worse. So that wasn't a great yes, game to watch. I think but. Michigan and you know, this is I think this is why a lot of people think that, you know, they might be bad after this. It's because has Michigan been able to bounce back from losses in the past few years. Here, this season, they have have in, in the last two games. But in past years, Michigan had a 17-0 start under John Beeline. And they, after that, they went, I think, like 9-6, and six, which isn't a great record after that. But here we've seen Michigan's bouncing back from losses. They're showing they're a strong team, and one small loss won't hurt them. I think that Minnesota game, that was tough, but I think still Michigan does deserve this number three rankings because they are an underrated team. Now, number two, of course, is oh, Baylor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so wait, when Michigan played Wisconsin, was that – who was – where was it? Was it in Ann Arbor or was it in That Wisconsin? was in Ann Arbor, and I, I could get why Michigan – you might think that would be wrong, but – 
that you think Michigan won because it was in Ann Arbor. But I'll, I'll be honest to you. The Badgers, they rely heavily on their home crowd advantage. In all honesty, they're not a great team when they're away. Well, and... they, they don't have a crowd this year. If Michigan, when you think about it, it, when Michigan is at home, there would be a giant crowd. They're still winning games, so it shows Michigan's good regardless of a crowd or not. Because Michigan's, again, one of those teams that's helped them, that their crowd has helped them a lot. College basketball runs off of the crowd. And then, of course, number two is Baylor. I think, and then Gonzaga, they're in some not mega, I guess, maybe overpowering conference there. You have, of course, I mean, you have Michigan and Villanova, but then you have Gonzaga and Baylor. I think they're two best teams. So now we're going to take it over to Louie, who's just arguing with me. And uh, here we go to the NBA. Okay, so now we are going to get into the NBA segment of this. So let's go. First, I'm going to start off with a blockbuster trade. It was expected that James Harden was going to get traded. Most people thought it was either going to go to the 76ers or the Nets, and he did, in fact, go to the Nets. So James Harden went to the Nets, obviously. Victor Oladipo, he went to the Rockets, and he he's still hurt, so he hasn't played yet. But we're still waiting to see how he plays with John Wall. Lavert, Karis Lavert, went to the Pacers. And Jared Allen went to the Cavs. Now, these are two young players who really helped the Nets. But then again, when you see how James Harden has been playing so far, I think he outweighs them by a lot. And so next, we're going to go to the NBA MVP race. Now, in my opinion, I have Kevin Durant is first. He... He's been putting up points, and he's been getting at rebounds. He's playing small forward right now for them, but he's so tall that he's he can just grab rebounds and shoot at the same time. There's not many players like him in the league. And then we're, we'll move on to the power rankings. Number 10 for me, I have a team that hasn't really been playing well, well, they've been playing well, just they were expected to be one of the best teams in the league, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. Well, the one of the reasons they haven't been playing too good was because Kristaps has been hurt. But now that he's coming back, you can see the difference in the impact he makes. He's really just bringing them up another level, and they're now playing pretty well. Nine, Wait, I, just I want to stop you there quickly. Let's just look how uh, the Mavericks did when Kristaps was back because this could make a very big difference. I think when Porzingis did return, they won plenty of games. So I do agree with you on that. Uh, take, it, take it to your next round. Number nine, I got the Suns. The Chris Paul trade has been a definite win for the Suns. He's just been meshing with Devin Booker. And they've been really winning games, a lot of games that they weren't supposed to. But yeah, and we also saw this last year. Remember, at the end of the year in the bubble, the Phoenix Suns they were unbeaten. Uh, and while in the bubble, they didn't have Chris Paul. They they had young guys and they moved the ball around well. I agree. Number eight, I got the the Pacers. 
Now, on the pastry side of things, there's no one who's really playing out of their mind. It's just everyone is collaborating into one whole big team effort that's really coming through. They've they've been winning games, and no, there's no standout players. It's just a good roster. They play well together. So props to the GM. Number seven, this team I thought was going to do a lot better this year, but the Celtics. Now, the Celtics, at the beginning of the year, Jason Tatum was playing at an MVP level. But in the past couple of games, they, they've lost a couple of them. But even though Jalen Brown is absolutely incredible, he had like 39. Wait, wait, just to stop you here, in the games uh, that uh, Boston did lose, just remember Jason Tatum wasn't playing in any of those games. Yes. He's hurt. So that does Jason Tatum, he's the leader of that team. He is, but I think Jalen Brown, he can score buckets, but at the same time, he has really good defense. He's a two-way player. He's like, to me, he's like a, he's like Kawhi, but a little worse. He can shoot the ball. He can play defense. So, yeah, they've just been. And if you look at the defensive impact, uh, and the impact also Marcus Smart is having too, he is – one of those guys, if you remember, he was on the all-defensive team for the NBA. Um, but, yeah, he's also having an impact, too. So, for the Celtics, it's like one of those t- team efforts again. Yeah. Next, I got six, the Nets. When James Harden and Kevin Durant were playing alone, they were playing really well. They were winning. They were scoring. They were playing defense. But then Kyrie came back from his break, and – they lost the games that they played. They lost. They lost two to a bad Cleveland team. Colin Sexton had a total of sixty-two points in those games. Kyrie Irving is really hurting the Nets just because of his defense. He he needs to get better defense if the Nets really want to be a serious contender. Numbers. Yeah, I... No, you can go. No. Okay. Nothing. Number five is the Seventy Sixers. Joel Embiid is, again, playing at an MVP-type level. He's getting points, rebounds. He's even getting a couple assists. And now Ben Simmons is back. He's not playing really well. He's actually playing a lot worse than we expected. But Joel Embiid is really doing a good job at taking that leadership role in a young team. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Number four, this is a surprise team, at least for me. I got the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have really been, they've been doing a lot of pick and rolls, and they have been working. They, they're they winning every game. They, they beat the Warriors by, like, 20. Even if a player has a good game, their offense always outweighs the other team's offense. I mean... They're just unstoppable this year. And I just want to say this again. I don't agree with you thinking that the Jazz are underrated because the Jazz, they're 12 and four. They're third in the whole league. And they've, like you said, they've been working so well together. I don't know what I mean by underrated. I mean, like before the year started, we didn't think they were going to be this good. 
Yeah, I mean, and they've they started out only four and four, but since they've been they're on a seven game win streak. Number three, I got the Bucks, who actually lost to the Lakers. Giannis got stopped, but in almost every other game, they've been unstoppable. Giannis isn't the front runner for MVP. Like he he's probably not gonna win, but Chris Middleton is playing he's stepping up to another level and he's really helping his team so chris middleton props to you you've been really playing really well number two i got the clippers Kawhi leonard is just playing at an mvp type level again it seems like he does it every year paul george is playing pretty well too but then again he's probably going to choke in the playoffs so doesn't really matter but otherwise, yeah, the, the Clippers have been winning games. And, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. And number one, I think everybody watching this podcast who follows basketball saw this coming. The Los Angeles Lakers, Bron James, Anthony Davis playing insane, yada, yada, yada. This is and probably going to be going on. Oh, you, you can go. I think also another big in- – I think adding Dennis Schroeder also made a pretty big impact too. Um, but yeah. so did Montrez Harrell. But yeah, I mean this this Lakers team, they're just gonna get better. That's all. That's all that's gonna happen. Okay, so now I'm gonna do my overachiever this year is the New York Knicks. They're eight and ten. They were top five worst team in the league last year. They've been turning around. RJ Barrett has been playing well, Julius Randle has been playing well. And Mitchell Robinson's defense is coming into play again year after year like it has been. So, yeah. Underachiever, Houston Rockets. You can tell this team is really built around James Harden. Now that he wanted a trade, and some people are saying he was wearing a fat suit one time even to try to worsen his trade value. I mean, this team is just falling apart. They're They're trading superstar after superstar. It's been Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. It's really just whoa! whoa, whoa. I just want to stop you there. Did he actually wear a fat suit? Like, do people do uh, that? Yeah, a like, lot of people are saying it. If if you do that, then there's something up because I think all of Houston, actually, all of Houston sports is blowing up right now. I'm not going to start with that, but like, yeah, you can see like really he, all he, of if you're wearing a fat suit to try to lower your trade value. There's something up if you don't like the management in for Houston. Well, there's pictures of him. He looks like he added 70 pounds. And then when he comes to the Nets, he looks as healthy as he's ever been in his life. Yeah, for sure. So, uh... Um, yeah, so there hasn't been many injuries. McCollum is out indefinitely with the foot injury. The game of the week for me, Nets-Cavs. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. In double overtime, 147 to 135, Colin Sexton hit a game-tying three-pointer in the first overtime with a second left. Cavs ran away with the game in the second overtime. Colin Sexton had 42, Durant had 38, Kyrie had 37 points, James Harden had 21 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds. But that's his second triple-double with the Nets in four games. I, I mean, think, I think that... I, how does that happen though? If you're the Nets, you have if you have someone ha- if you're 
two, if you're two guys on your team have 30 plus points, how do you let Cleveland run away with that? I, it's, Consexton had like 15 points in the second overtime, and that really killed it. Other news, yeah. Cole Anthony, the rookie out of UNC, hit a game-winning shot to beat the Timberwolves 96-97. to But other than that, that's pretty much it. Okay, let's take this over to soccer. Here it is, Ethan. Now, welcome to the, the soccer section of this sports podcast. We are going to begin with the big matches from this weekend, starting with – with Valencia and Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid won 3-1. It was it was a fairly easy game for them to win. And and it didn't seem and Valencia didn't seem to cause them any any trouble. The second game of the weekend was arguably the be- the most entertaining and the best. It was it was Manchester United and Liverpool. Man U won 3-2 on a Bruno Fernandes goal in the eight late in the late in the second half. It was unlike their first meeting in in the Premier League, where where it was zero zero, and it seemed like m- both teams were trying not to not to slip up. Now I'll send it over to our to our sp- soccer specialist Alex for for more on the on some other games. Okay, so we're going we're heading to the league on the only league on game that will be featured in our podcast for this week, but n- will not be. What will be featured in future podcasts is Monaco versus Marseille. Obviously, many of you wouldn't care about League One when you see Premier League, Serie A, La Liga. Well, but it was a th- it was a big game between two of the biggest revived teams this season. Monaco, after having a horrendous season in 2018, 2019 are starting to gain their confidence under Niko Kovac, former Bayern coach. But and Marseille too, having missed out on Champions League two years ago, like Monaco did, are now getting back to top form as they did previously. It was it was a convincingly easy game for Monaco as they won three one and continue their hot run of form. We next go up we go to Mönchengladbach versus Dortmund. This was probably predictable because Dortmund have had a new coach, Edin Terzic. Apologies for you German fans that um, are angry at me for pronouncing the name wrong, but he's new and experienced, and Mönchengladbachs have lots of confidence as they beat Bayern Munich twice with Marco Rose in two seasons. And with like with this new coach with not ex- not that much experience with big teams, it was all seemingly likely that Gladback would win, as they've done so well against big teams. And to our last big game of this week, it was Atalanta versus AC Milan. I mean, some people might be like, "This wasn't the score you wanted," but it was. AC Milan, revived by Pioli, are now at first place. Luckily, Inter screwed up against Udinese because they're Inter. And um, that just gave Milan a huge lifeline. But it was uh, it was just such a dominant game from Atalanta. They, they had 
so much possession, so much of the, so much shots. And they're lucky for Milan that it wasn't 7-0. But it was, looking at the stats, it was such a predictable game. Based on these results, they could affect the title races. And here are how the title races stand right now. Liverpool Liverpool fell as, as Leicester and Man City won their games. Man U won to stay atop the prem. This is interesting because Everton could go above Liverpool if they win their game in, that they have in hand. They may not, but they still could. They do have two games, so they, they seem like they could easily go top Liverpool. Go above Liverpool. It will be interesting to see this play out. Atletico, and now it's La Liga. Atletico remain in control of La Liga, winning and have shown re- very good form as of, as of late. Barca are Barca are trying to make a surge to go top to go to go to the top, but they are st- still remain in third, three points behind Real Madrid holders Real Madrid, and seven points behind behind. Um, what am I saying? Behind Atletico. Now let's pass it to Alex for it to see the other title races. Okay, so going to the Ligue 1 and the Bundesliga. First off, interesting title races developing in Bundesliga and Ligue 1. Lyon and Lille are challenging holders PSG. And Lyon have just completely turned their season around. They didn't get Champions League last year. And now they're competing for first place with Lil. Lil, on the other hand, they didn't have the best of seasons last year as they had a breakthrough season in the 2018-2019. But as they gained their recon- their confidence, they're getting up there and they soon can win the League One. But I know many of you PGM fans are all going to be like, heck no. And the Holders PSG, we obviously know as a top team in France, they'll be up there no matter what. Like, you can't deny that. Moving on to the Bundesliga, it now seems more like a likely um, team that will win. Bayern Munich, obviously, they they won their, they won against Schalke, and they're now seven points clear as Leipzig and Leverkusen swept up. But in the in the second place, it's a big competition. Leipzig are at Leip, Leipzig are second, Leverkusen are third, and then Gladbach are are fourth. Now for time for the power rankings. Okay, so sitting atop these rankings are Manchester United. What can we say after coming off their win at their win at Old Trafford, beating? Beating Man United 3-2, we can't keep them from the top. You just can't. They're top the prem, and right now, they're the best team in the world. That's There's no other way to put it. Many other people would disagree. Man City could. But you know what? Man, you have been there. They've proven themselves, and we'll see what happens. But I think they could I think they could win it, win it all this year. Second, Bayern Munich. Yes, Bayern Munich a week ago looked shaky. But now they've regained their confidence. And they're, they're the old Bayern that you saw in the Champions League last year. Demolishing every team. Getting those clean cheats they're looking for as they've been struggling for it. And that's why they're in second. They've been on a streak, three-game streak. But it's just a start. There's more to come. 
and 2021 is going to be a rock-solid season for them under Hansi Flaxman. At third is Atletico Madrid. All season long, they've been rock-solid, not letting up their, off their grip at, at sitting at number one. They've just de- they've demolished every team they've faced. Although that one loss in the in the Copa del Rey to Cornella, I think that the, that, that that was nothing for them. I think they really just weren't focused on that game and are just focused on winning La Liga and getting back and regaining their crown. At fourth, we have Manchester City. We were saying all about Man U, but Man City, they look like their own self. They look like the team that had 102 points in 2018 and won the Premier League. They, they just look back like themselves. Pep Guardiola, it looks like he's he's figured out the formula. Bruno for er, Bernardo Silva um has has looked sharp again and looks like and ha, looks like he has returned to form. Kevin De Bruyne has just been I don't know what we what more we can say about him. He's been insane. He's been absolutely amazing. And and so and it's just some and those two players just sum up what City has been doing of, of late. Okay, so for the next two ones, you there might be a lot of dis- disagreement, but we've gone for Lille lost, aka Lille. Lille two years ago had one of the brightest teams in the world with Nicolas Pepe, Rafael Leao, Thiago Mendes, but they all left, and that's what that's what just gave them the downfall of their season this year. I mean last year. This year, they've been able to sign a lot. They've been able to improve their team by selling a seaman, and now they're competing again. They're competing for league on title, and that just has to give them fit because they just transformed their team to a new big level. Next up, we'll stay in. We will stay in league, uh, and we'll go with PSG. All right, look, they're PSG. We can't keep them out of the top ten. They're, they've been playing well. With Neymar back, they will be a real danger, and we'll see if Lil can keep can hold their ground next to them at the top of, of league. Uh, but we'll see. They they play Barca in the round of sixteen, and I think Champions League is their main focus. As we can see, they've been they 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 made it out of the group of death. They won first place, but now they have a difficult match against Barcelona. Next up, we have AC Milan. Yes, I know some of you will be like, oh, they should be at first because they're in Cappadocia. Yeah. But no, they have just been inconsistent after the winter break. Like, seeing how Milan were, like, outshining every other team in the fall would have been, like, I expected to do that in the winter. But no, they have been inconsistent, losing and winning games, and the luckily, luckily, Inter has been slipping up too. Next up, we have Monaco. Yes, Monaco. Um, I know Monaco is like a shit team, pure honesty, but it had to be up there. Hot form makes them eighth, and I don't know what else to say. They're just a good team. Uh, at ninth, we have Real Madrid. Yes, many of you may be surprised. Why Real Madrid? But coming off a four-one win at Alaves at the weekend, they've been playing. They've been playing well for weeks, for many weeks now. They, I don't know if they can if they can keep up with Atletico's pace at, 
gaining points, but it will be interesting to see how how they how they fare against other top club top clubs. Okay, last stop is Pierlo's men, Juventus. Yes, I know Juventus lost to Inter last week, and it might seem like another team on a good form should be there, but you have to give credit to Pierlo. He just he just became a manager in August, and he hasn't had time to like develop his managerial skills. But seeing how he's won a title, a trophy with Juventus already, and they're in fourth place, has to give them the spot. It's just he's finding the potential of so many parts, like Weston McKinney. He has become the star midfield. And I think that he's going to become the next De Bruyne when he retires. De Bruyne. That's it for our power rankings. We will go to the transfers. Quick shout out to Atletico Bilbao, who won a title, but we, we just kept them out because you the know, basketball they're, not, they're not good in the league. The basketball club had a very tight win, but they're right. they yeah. out. We'll head to the transfers. Uh, and now we are on to the transfers. I'll hand it over to our soccer specialist, Alex, for this one. Okay, so some of the old moves from last week make it onto here because there's not much moves this week. Mesut Ozil, Arsenal legend, but doesn't play, has a high salary, is moving to Fenerbahce in Turkey after contract disputes with Arsenal. Mandzukic, former Croatia finalist, free agent this year, has moved to AC Milan and surely will help the AC Milan hold on to their first place. Moussa Dembele has gone to Atletico Madrid from Lyon to strengthen the Atletico Madrid um, pack as Diego Costa contract has been terminated. David Alaba, the person that every team has been chasing for, chasing, has signed a pre-contract for Real Madrid. Yeah, I know. Sad, sad news for the environment. Many people would oppose this because they have Rafael Veron, Eder Miltau, and Sergio Ramos. But, but here's the thing. Sergio Ramos, there's uncertainty about whether he'll sign again. So that could be a major influencer on why Real Madrid has invested this money into Dalton. And Eder Miltau doesn't look like he wants to stay. He There's been Tottenham links with him. So... Let's go to the next one. Dominic Zabozla. I know this is like a move in December, but it's just a rising talent that we had to add. He signed for Leipzig as Red Bull and Leipzig have a good relationship as they have the same owner. And um, Fikayo Tomori, Chelsea superstar last year, has agreed a loan deal to AC Milan as he hasn't got that much game time. Sebastian Allier, former amazing Eintracht Frankfurt attacker, who's now a flop at um, at West Ham, has agreed to go to Ajax as Ajax will like to have this move because Huntelaar has left for Schalke. Jordan Morris has signed a loan deal to go to the second division club, Swansea in England. If you don't know who Jordan Morris is, he's an English person. I mean, American. Wayne Rooney has retired and is now coach of Derby County. We all knew this was going to happen. Diego's cause, Frank Lampard was sacked, and former PSG coach Tuchel is set to take charge. And to wrap it off with Arsenal, Martin Odegaard 
and Ryan Matt Ryan is a it has moved to Arsenal on a one on a short term loan. William Jose, as our final final, has signed a loan deal to well have so many loan deals. I will bring it to my friend and co um to do the rumors. Okay, so for rumors, we have Inter with a big load of rumors right now. Christian Eriksen is linked back to his former club Spurs. And how could we not see this coming? Come on. Like, he's been at poor, and poor form has led him. And honestly, a lot of teams are interested in him. Just like Leicester said he also want him. They could use a boost in the midfield, and that could, um, like, keep their surge going for for Champions League, which they barely missed out on last year. Nico Barella, also on also on Inter Milan, is, is linked with a move to anywhere in the Prem or could be on Bayern. Omar Richards is close to agreeing to a pre-contract with Bayern. Omar Richards Shelton. is um, an English left back from Reading. He has a bright potential, so if you don't know who he is, that's fine. It's just a biased person. Good. Okay. Um, Chelsea prepared to offer a record-breaking offer for um, Erling Haaland, who is probably the best young star in the world right now. There's no doubt about it. The Messi rumors have sort of cooled off, but he's still linked with a move to PSG and Man City. It'll be interesting to see how that put, um, fans out this summer. Deli Ali is linked with a move to PSG. And, and Sancho... It's linked with the move to Man U. We've seen this coming. We'll see if it actually goes through this time. Barcelona president uh, presidential elections have been postponed indefinitely because they're because they're and because Meaning of COVID. Candidate. The remaining candidates are Victor Font and Joan Laporta. Those are the big ones. There may be one or two more that I don't know about, but who knows? Quick question to you viewers: Who do you think signing? Thomas Tuchel as a new coach is the right move, or do you think Frank Lampard should have stayed and helped develop the youth academy? That's the question of the day. Drop it in the chat and below. Now, and now let's head it to the outro. Thank you for watching this podcast, and we hope you and we look forward and we will look forward to making more of them. See you, See next, you next time. Week. See you next week at eight eight at eight o'clock. See you.